space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the USS Adequate. Her continuing mission until we are cancelled and replaced with something far superior. To review every Star Trek episode and movie in existence. To seek out new guests and make them very uncomfortable. To boldly go where many other YouTube shows have gone before. Good evening everybody and welcome to another episode of Star Trek and we're nerdy up north. I am your host, Captain Goodwill, and I am joined as ever. Oh no, wait. Oh no. By Mirror Universe Oh my god, noise. it's Mirror ah. Universe Sinoise. <laughs> There's been some yes. sort of iron storm that the adequate flew through and our science officer has been replaced by Goff Sinoise. I have come to spit upon all of your bread products and rub all of your baguettes uncomfortably. Oh my god, what are we going to do, guys? <laughs> it's Mirror Universe and I was here to, re <laughs> here to review the first episode of Season 2 of Strange New Worlds. How are you, Mirror Universe and Oise? Awful, as always. <laughs> I love the idea of just the Mirror Universe people just being like, unnecessarily evil but they're not <laughs> but it's just just be like unquestionably just not just be like i bought a puppy just so i could punch it they <laughs> they just didn't get out of the teenage angst that's all yeah. it was it's not a phase mother <laughs> in a world of teenage angst <laughs> and goatees yeah, I'm. I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm just. I, I decided to double down. Basically, um, I couldn't get my makeup off from yesterday. I put it on a bit too strong. Oh god! Uh, and I couldn't get the eyeliner fully off. And I was like, well, then fuck it. I'm gonna double down on it then. <laughs> so it's yeah. But we have discovered a new bit. So <laughs> yeah, from it. the ashes of exhaustion comes a new character, <laughs> emo snatch. <laughs> well, it's quite funny because obviously when we were, we were meant to be meeting up at seven to get ready and stuff for this, yeah. and I popped to the shops and totally forgot I'd done this. And <laughs> so it's just at the shop and the woman was like, have a good night. And I was like, that's odd. And then got home and I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody in the chat. Hello, Peachy. We see Beth with her cereal. We see Captain Quinn. We see Hello. Adam, the sexy musician, the house band of nerdy. Oof. He's seven foot tall and he can pluck anything. Pluck, pluck my strings, Adam. Oof. Ooh, finger my E. But anyway. Well, spe speaking of speaking of uh, about mountable things, we've got Anson Mount in Strange New World. Anson Mount is, me. Yeah, okay, that is his true title. But <laughs> it, it, it's just this idea where you're just going like, it's total daddy energy and I'm here for it. <laughs> well, this, this is the thing. This is what everyone's been saying this from Thursday onwards. Daddy's home. <laughs> and it is it is true although daddy dick had to take charlie can we not stop saying daddy please because it's it's starting to creep me out a little daddy. bit daddy oh, <laughs> oh my oh daddy. my but uh <laughs> how, how how has your week been it's been my my week's been good but it's one of those ones where like I have made uh, anyone who has tried to deal or work with me this month will notice that I'm a bit out of sorts. And it's because I was trying to have a lazy month and I thought the lazy month strategy was to just not fill in my calendar. Hmm. And it's led to everyone saying, oh, are you free on this date? And me being like, let me just check. And by check, I mean, I can't look at anything. I just have to look at every email I've ever received or every message I've received and be like, oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> you I, yeah, yeah, it's really, really annoying, but it's got a bit too full. And but they, yeah, this week it was um, 
Yeah, I was busy on Monday night. I was free on, no, busy on Monday night. I was with a friend on Tuesday night because he's like going through a tough time. Mm. Wednesday night, I think I was free. So I think I did some streaming. Yesterday, I was in drag in Newcastle mm. uh, at uh, Newcastle Sixth Form College. Uh, oh. Doing a, yeah, d- uh, what is it? Talking to the kids there. So basically it was like, they had me, Baron LeVay, who's a drag king, who is who we had on as we a guest two yeah. weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, and another queen called Celine Duwon, <laughs> which I think is quite a good fun. Uh, yeah, and they were basically talking to the students about uh, drag and about growing up queer and stuff. Mm. And yeah, it was really fun. Obviously, I just took the piss the whole time, and not being able to drop a single f bomb was really difficult. You didn't swear. <laughs> Yeah, you're not allowed to swear at all. And I did one risque joke and the lecturers were like, <laughs> you know, this delayed reaction. I was just like, okay. And then one student got it and was like. <laughs> oh, Celine Duwon. That is, it is it, one of my most favourite names now. Celine Duwon. There's so many good names. like, But um, yeah, no, so that was quite good. And then obviously came back and then did the girl podcast where we were speaking to one of the queens from uh, season two of Queen of the Universe, which is like, it's kind of like a compete competitor to like RuPaul's Drag Race, hmm. but where it's more focused on like performance and singing rather yeah. than just how you look, which is Drag Race. So all of the like queens on it are like these crazy good singers, and you're like, okay, this is up to the bar a little bit. So it was, it was really good. It was a uh, who was it? Giselle, we were speaking to yesterday. It was great. Fantastic. It sounds like you have had a wonderful, if not busy, week. <laughs> I have just had an awful week. So, yeah, moving on. <laughs> okay, right, there we go. Least yeah. spoken about that, the better. How, how was your week? Shit. So, <laughs> but hello. New, tra- new track. New yeah, track. new track, new track. First of all, the chat. Daddy's got it. I slam my credit card down and say, Daddy's got it. Daddy's got it. <laughs> Shout out to Saturday Night Live. Also, I, I will be streaming after this on Twitch playing more Final Fantasy VIII. So you are free to join and play the Daddy's Got It clip. Uh, the links like. are below for Cyanoise's <laughs> Twitch and Mirror Universe's Cyanoise's Twitch. Mm. Shout out to uh, Strange New Pod, who very kindly, all the way from them United States of America, sent me a rare shiny. Look at that. It's Ooh. so shiny. Ooh. I want it. I want some precious. <laughs> All part of their little promo for their podcast, Strange New Pod, uh, which mm. you can find on YouTube. So obviously once you've done shaming us for, for this episode, you can go over there and uh, have a look at what they've got. Also, shout out to Joe from Spectrum Sanctorum, who has just interviewed a very special guest. Um, but we won't say anything. But if you are... <laughs> If you are a fan of Spectrum Sanctorum, hang tight for a big reveal coming soon on that. However, Sinoise, or Mirror Universe Sinoise, <laughs> shall we charge up the agonizer? Hold on, what is it? Is it going to be Mirror Universe? So M U S, Mus, is it? <laughs> or you can just reverse the, the name so it'd be Zoins. Zoins? Zoins! Like doing an Alucard Dracula thing. Like yeah, yeah. Zoins. <laughs> no, no one got it. Yeah. yeah, shall we? Oh, get oh Captain Quinn's just got into Shuttlepod. Isn't it so good? Oh, Have you... shout out to Mark and the Shuttlepod it's team. So good. Fantastic. I literally, it's it's become my thing. I've literally, while I've been doing other stuff, like mm. where I haven't needed to like listen or talk this week, I've just had it on constantly. I've listened to the Armin Shimmerman episode yes. like twice now, and the stuff like the it was really odd though. It was like the um, 
who's the main guy behind everything? Rick Berman. The Rick Berman yeah, episode. Yeah. And he basically just says, oh, this is the only Trek-related thing I've done since, like, the 80s. And you're like, what? <laughs> he just yeah. hasn't gone to any conventions. He hasn't done any things about it. All he's done is, like, talking heads bits for TV shows and stuff. And you're like, that's mad. You'd expect that he'd be at all the conventions and he'd be on all the podcasts. And I, yeah, but there is some controversy surrounding Rick Berman that we won't get into. Well, there's the whole Jadzia thing yes. and the whole, like keeping like you know queerness less you know selective dress codes for certain genders shall we say yeah it, i think it's this thing though it's like it was the 90s <laughs> i will yes. give it that I will. Yes. and to be fair whatever happened he gave us a lot of topless uh tucker in um <laughs> in enterprise yeah but huge 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 shout out to uh mark cartier who we interviewed last week fantastic fantastic gentleman um and if you are a star trek fan obviously you must be if you are watching us on a friday night and not enjoying the glorious weather please you hear that beth you hear get that watching. beth yeah <laughs> get watching, beth. put the cereal down and watch please go follow the shuttle pod show they interview some of the well all the biggest names i would say in star trek and they've got loads more coming not related to star trek shall we say coming forward but we will keep our mouse shut nerdy up north says it's so warm yes nerdy up north i'm in a two-piece starfleet uniform in a closed room with a lot of lights and i'm a goth yes so <laughs> if, if mirror universe sinoids goes outside he will burst into flames <laughs> as as is the rule with all goths yes <laughs> This is fucking Nosferatu. Yeah, yeah. Where's your parasol? That's what you need. <laughs> I love. You know what this thing? I fucking love one of those, like a proper sort of goth parasol. You know what's the movie where they, uh, oh, they they you know Tim Burton basically made a movie of a TV series and it has like Johnny Depp as a vampire and I've totally forgot what it's called. Oh God, anything with uh, Johnny Depp in. If you know Chad, but but basically yeah. he has the full on nightmare before christmas goth parasol like the bat parasol and it's the most iconic thing in the world and i'm like this needs to be just a thing like I, just goth parasols <laughs> i love the fact that we have developed a goth snatch in the space of 12 minutes and well, I you, think... are, you haven't seen velcro snatch velcro snatch is worse than worse than this but it's like this is like God. Dark Shadows, that's it. Well, yeah. well done, Nerdy Up North. Can, can I make a request for your uh, for your umbrella to hide the sun? Can it be one from a beer garden that just says Stella Artois all around it? It needs to say Stella Artois, but in a really goth, like, doom metal font. Yeah, but in Microsoft, <laughs> you know Word, look- Microsoft Word gothic. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, That'd be I'm so gothic, I only use gothic fonts. <laughs> you know, I love that. <laughs> Can you imagine the letters? It'd be amazing. Hello to Spectrum Sanctorum, who's joined the chat. Hi, Joe. Yes. Um, what? What? What is going on? Oh, Picard. Breaking news. Picard season three DVD drops next month. Uh, yes, oh. I have seen there is a collector's with a load of Starfleet badges in it. Uh, I can't wait for that one, Mike. Mind you, I need the money first. So please, everybody, donate, please. Daddy <laughs> wants a new PC. But daddy anyway. got it. No, Daddy. Daddy hasn't got it. Daddy's credit card can't be charged. So, shall we get into this week's episode of Star Trek Strange yes. New Worlds? Season 2, Episode 1, The actually, Broken Circle. Actually, hang on. 
Can we just have a bit of a gush about Strange New Worlds in general before we start yes. this? Just in case, like, people in the chat haven't seen it. Yes, but, go. Um, <laughs> all I'm doing, all I'm doing is calling Beth out for the whole thing. Um, no, it's, it's that, it's just so good. Like, it's genuinely, I, I hadn't seen it until a couple of weeks ago and then basically had to binge it because I was like, oh, I'll, I'll do it one day. Oh, oh, we're doing this soon, are we? Okay. Yeah. Like, before the Mark episode, I was like, it crept oh. up on us. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, I was apprehensive because you know what it's like when someone says, oh, this is really good. You're absolutely going to love it. And then you yeah. go, that sounds like a challenge. <laughs> I bet <laughs> I'll hate it. Um, but it was just, so incredibly good and that whole thing where i'm trying to describe why i don't like discovery and what i don't like about discovery and then what i like about voyager and deep space nine and uh, tng and stuff and this basically just goes oh it gets it like yeah uh you know where it's it's just such a wonderful ensemble cast like everyone in it is amazing you want to see more of everyone it's not too actiony it's a lot of talking and a lot of character development and there's all these interconnected sort of plots going on with all the different characters and stuff. You've got like you've got a row of like a, a potential romance between uh, Nurse Chapel and Spock. Yeah. You've got Spock like uh, undoing his emotions, as it were, because yeah. basically we when we meet him in uh, season one, he's very calm and controlled. He's gone through years of like emotional sort of like uh, what do you call it? Suppression. Um, control yeah yeah suppression yeah. uh such as vulcans despite him being half human and then at the end of season one like he has to uh lose control in order to sort of deal with a threat and now in this season he's basically going oh how do i suppress these again and it's like these everyone has a story and everyone you want to be like where's this going what's ahura going to do like how is she feeling about stuff what's lan doing what's her plot going to progress like what's una you know and it's and it's so good and it's obviously you know pure trek wasn't big long every episode connected to each other it yeah. was very much kind of you got a two-part you got a three-parter you could jump in at any point yeah whereas this one you know strangely worlds is very much you kind of need to have seen the previous ones, but it fills you in at the beginning, kind yeah. of. Yeah. But I'm kind of more forgiving of it for that because it's all, it's just very good. And it's, I care about everyone. It's like the only, very... I was telling you, the only person I kind of have a problem with is the doctor's voice grates on me a little bit because it's so husky. Oh, Dr. Umbenga's. Yeah, it's a very whiskey. Umbenga's voice, it's so husky. And I'm a bit like, just have a cough mint. Just, you know, just literally just, just, just have a lozenge. Yeah, just have a lozenge. Yeah, lozenge. And it's, you know, and obviously I'm getting used to it. But when it first started, I was like, oh. <laughs> the the thing is, with, with Strange New Worlds, um, the fans, the fans wanted, this was all down to the fans from 2019 saying, we want this show, we want this show. Very much like what is happening after season three of Picard, you know, the, the fans want Star Trek Legacy. We want it to continue. You have brought in these characters old and new and we want to see them continue and very much with season two of discovery we had uh una we had spock and we had pike and it was mm. like yeah we we want to see more because these are characters that yeah well, i mean spock was already fleshed out let's not get that but yeah. pike was very well developed una was very well fleshed out within that you know within those few episodes of season two and a lot of people have surmised that 
Strange New Worlds is possibly the most accessible Star Trek ever made, but it is the original series for the 21st century, where it has got the original series look and feel with mm. a higher budget, but it's very episodic, it's very bright, it's very optimistic. Yes, there are dark tones in certain episodes throughout, but it's very Star Trek of the 60s without the yeah. 60s ideology, shall we say, without certain things that could, in a modern-day audience, be construed as like, oh, that's a bit bigoted, <laughs> that's a bit this. But it, it sort of goes, this is what the original series was and wanted to be and we have just taken that formula and just distilled it into this show that even if you are not a star trek fan you can love because i've i've been approached by people at work and they go oh yeah i, I don't really watch star trek but i've watched strange new worlds and I, it's fun yeah. and i think that the biggest thing a lot of people need to take away it's fun you yeah. don't need to know about Anything with that, it's it's set in a weird era where it's ten years before the original series. Mm. It's there's nothing to like. Essentially, you could just disregard fifty five years of Star Trek and just enjoy this because this is yeah. more or less the beginning. What um what universe is it in? What timeline is this in? Prime universe. It is prime because I wasn't sure if it's Kelvin or not. No, it no, like... it's it's prime. It's prime universe, but obviously there has to be a little bit of creative license taken because sets of the 60s would not translate well to 4K, 8K television of today, which is fine. And I think with Picard season three, when they showed like an original series Enterprise, they were like, yes, you've got Pikes, which is on the shelf there. But it, it will eventually move into this shape that you enjoy. But this is still 10 years before. So yeah. as long as you realise that, you know, Star Trek of the 60s didn't know that there was going to be 50, 60 years worth of franchise afterwards. So they yeah. were fast and loose with, you know, ideology and, and story and stuff like that. And this is sort of playing fast and loose with the canon of the original series, which is sort of like, okay, as long as it, you don't go too far, yeah. we'll justify it. But I, I, it does. It, it very much, it very much does that. And I like that it, I like that it gets stuff that wasn't properly fleshed out, like the yes. Gorn. The yes. Gorn are a massive part of like this, mm. and they were literally they appeared twice in the original series, with didn't the they? And one suit. of them was. Yeah, one of them was just fighting Kirk, and now they've become a thing in the universe, like an actual race. Whereas before, it was just like, "What's the lizard creature? Oh, it's the Gorm," you know. And, it's, and it was that thing, and now they're like elaborating on it and being like, "No, no, these are actually a scary thing." And oh yeah, it, it's kind of adding. It's so good that it's adding validity to the original series. Yeah. In a in a kind of weird way where people are going, "Oh, that wasn't so daft." Now, actually, yeah, that that kind of makes sense. They just couldn't achieve what they wanted to. I also like, and this is obviously, this is weird coming from an LGBT person, but it's the fact of, I like that it's it's subtle, it's nuanced, this. Yes. The same as previous Trek, where it has a lot of representation in it, but it's not kind of pointing at it being like, look what we did. You know, like, it's not going like, oh, look at this. Like, it's all the characters. There's representation in there, and there's a lot of sort of, 
depth in there, but it's subtle. Like, you know, it's the idea of going, we don't need to know all of that about a character. And later on, we'll kind of get to that or something. I, I like so to think, like, yeah, I, I like to think that they are portraying it in a way that should be portrayed in a culture that has embraced this yeah. and, has, and has sort of, it's it's been there for hundreds of years where, oh yeah, well, yes, we've got a homosexual, we've got someone who is transgender, we have got someone who is non-binary. Why should we make a song and dance? Yeah. They are still, it... you know, they are their own person, but yeah. We, we have, and I always link it back to... Um... It's like I said about when we were talking about it previously, it's the fact of by not making a bigger deal out of it, it's better because yeah. the fact is people watching it, kids watching it, adults watching it, they're going to be like, oh, no one's drawing attention to this. And then it becomes like ingrained in you that, oh, that's not a big deal just like Uhura was in the original, where it was the idea of going, yeah, we're not making a fuss that there's, a, you know, a woman as number one. We're not making a fuss yeah. about the fact that, like, there's, a you know, someone on the bridge who is, like, black. Or, you know, like, the actual person driving the ship, the pilot is black. You know, like, and because it doesn't draw attention to it, it normalises it. And yes. that's powerful, rather than being like, look what we did, you know, look at this. Or Which is let's have a whole Trek. scene explaining it in minute detail that this person's black. And you're like... <laughs> what we, you, well, not as a bad example but. but we had this little scene in the original series with Uhura when Abe Lincoln is on the bridge and he, he says you know <laughs> oh sorry I didn't realise and he says a word and she just comes back with well that doesn't offend me it's it's mm. you know your your attitudes are now ancient because we everyone is accepted no matter race, age, colour, sexuality gender or, or anything it, it it doesn't matter. And this, for, for me, Strange New Worlds is Star Trek at its best where it recognises but does not put it in the spotlight where it's like, yes, we, you know, like the original series, we have a Russian, we have a black person in communications, we have an alien, we have this, we have this. We just get on with it. And it's like Strange New Worlds carries that on, but it does it to reflect modern times and it just gets on with it because at the end of the day, that is not the be all and end all of the story. It is the characters. Or of the characters. It's the fact of like we could happily have it where Una just like turns out to have a girlfriend or something, like yes. in the you know, later on. And you're not gonna bat an eyelid because it's the character we care about, yes. not the attributes of them. And that and that's what makes you like a character, and that's what makes you like everything about them. You know, sorry, I've gone off on one there. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> no, but okay. The... Now we can start talking about the yes. episode. <laughs> o overall, me and me and Sinai absolutely love uh, Strange New Worlds, as you can see. So yes, so let's get into season two, episode one. Opens up, started two three six nine point two. The crew is on shore leave on Starbase One again. Uh, Starbase One, mild shelf of destitution. They are do... You, do you actually have it? I have Starbase, Starbase One. Yeah, without the domes. This is the Discovery version where it didn't have. Oh, the, okay. I was gonna say it looks. Like, it looks like sort of like Mordor. It looks like a. Yes, the Eye of Sauron is at the top. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm wearing that on my T-shirt. Look at it. Oh, he's such a goth. I'm so goth, me. He's goth with two Fs. It's so the ship is going under upgrades and inspections. Pelia's team, who we haven't met yet, is doing inspections. Pike is talking to Una, who is uh, detained, and 
we also get that there's something alluding with the brass that we don't know. There's a bit of foreshadowing in this little scene here. But Pike is speaking to Luna. Uh, Una, sorry. Everyone is taking shore leave. He's going to take three days out to travel to the other side of the quadrant well, to basically well, defend it. Let's point out what's happening here is basically Una, the number one officer, yeah. in season one it turns out that she's actually part of a genetically modified species. She's an Illyrian. And because of what happens in the original series and uh, Rafa Khan and whatnot, being genetically modified in the Federation is banned. Yes. So it's, it's illegal for... So she uh, went to Starfleet and suppressed and like basically hid who she was and lied on her application saying that she's like a human when she's not. Yeah. And then it's it, she had to basically come out as that in season one. And now Starfleet have caught up with her and basically gone, hey, yeah, you've done loads of good deeds, but you're still going to jail. Uh, so yeah. what Pike is doing is basically trying to get her some justice and find a good lawyer for her. And so he's yeah. basically gone off on a, a little side mission to find the best lawyer that's going to cover her but he needs to go directly so he just fucks off for this episode this is the thing though with with una being because there was always a mystery with number one as she was called in the the pilot like who who she was and there was there was always an aura of mystery because it was play that that was major beret if anyone knows that was gene roddenberry's mm. wife who oh played yeah number one luxana troy the Elcar's computer by Meant many other things, yes. So, almost giving, yeah. So there was, almost giving a certain, a certain Jeffrey Combs a, a run for his oh, money. Yeah, yeah. So there was there was always a mystery of who is number one, what race is she, or anything. Good. But then in uh, Discovery and then Short Treks and in season one, there was always that mystery that further developed, and then we realised that she was an Illyrian. Now Illyrians were only mentioned uh, once before in a Star Trek Enterprise episode. They looked differently. But it was in, uh, I believe it was season three, where Archer had to basically steal from the Illyrians in order to continue his mission because the ship was badly damaged and they needed, uh, I think it was a part for for the warp engine. I remember, yeah. Yeah, so Archer made a decision to strand these Illyrians with only impulse power where it would take him months to go home in order for him to continue his mission to save Earth. That was the mm. only time that we saw them. So when... Una said that she was Illyrian. A lot of fans went, well, you don't look like one. But then people said, well, yes, but she's been genetically modified mm. to not look like one. So she's easily able to pass genetic tests and stuff like that. So they found out, they caught up with her. Pike's girlfriend arrested yeah. her. Is that See, this is the problem with Anson Mount being an, a full-on daddy, is the fact that I couldn't tell whether that was meant to be Pike's girlfriend or his daughter. And I thought girlfriend, that it was his definitely. daughter until oh, yeah. the last episode where she full-on kisses him on the lips. And I was like, this is awkward, <laughs> you know? Because she looks so young, this, like, actor. Wow. Yeah, Good I, skincare regime. Yeah, no, I, but I genuinely, that's what I thought their relationship was. And I was like, oh, okay, never mind. Um, but yeah, I, I think the thing about the Illyrians is we had the, was it the last episode of season one? Where it basically, it it's taught, no, no, it's not, it's earlier, but it's talking about the Illyrians where basically they were so desperate to join the Federation that a, fac a faction of them tried to undo their genetic modifications yes. so that they could go back to being normal so that then they could get into Starfleet. Yeah. And they ended up killing themselves because it just didn't work. 
and it kind of made an important message about how trying to change yourself is probably more damaging than just kind of being accepted for who you are. And obviously does a kind of, why is it still illegal to be genetically modified in the Federation? As Captain Quinn points out in the chat, uh, you know, like Bashir, like Bashir in D uh, Deep Space Nine, where it's like, he's no threat at all, but they're so panicky because Khan was such a threat that, you know, it's Hi, Mark. the whole thing. It's, <laughs> hey, Mark, you're a universitized, I yes. know. I'm like proper goth in that. Today, the ad yeah. the adequate went through an iron storm and I couldn't be asked turning up the shield, so this is what happened. But go on. I should have done the whole thing. Right, yeah, well, yeah, I'm just so boring and like I don't really make any jokes or anything. He's a yeah, goth. I'm like, oh my God, Wouldn't Mirror Universe Sinois have no mustache? No, this is a very unique Mirror Universe <laughs> where every every possible iteration of Sinois has a mustache because that's the law of the universe <laughs> i'm really annoyed though you know the voyager episode where it's kind of mirror universe where it's like the 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 bad story told like evil yeah evil yeah. janeway and stuff i just want <laughs> that to be a thing where we just have all you got have leather gloves ones in leather with leather gloves and stuff yeah. and it's just like oh that's what makes me evil leather gloves. if we fly through another iron oh, storm oh one. no he's got one glove why has he got i've one got glove? two gloves oh they're still lying on the floor from when oh, i did my the god man bit. we are going full pvc Sanai. oh yes <laughs> oh, no daddy daddy Oh, Hi, Mark. Oh, <laughs> you join. Why? Just you always tune in in the very most inopportune time. Hi. Sweaty to get leather gloves on. That's. I still like pie. Oh, oh my! Yeah. Oh wow! Now he looks like he's about to pull off like, the the most gothiest heist you've ever seen. <laughs> Goth heist. There we go. Evil Janeway is an oxymoron. Oh, controversial. Ooh. Oh, just oh. ask Saucy Cartier. <laughs> anyway, oh, anyway, so Pike is going on for Charlie for three days. So he puts Spock in command, and immediately Spock becomes Anxiety the Vulcan. I I love I love this though, where basically like you know where Spock calls it, like Mark's like, oh, you know, I'm just gonna leave you in charge, kind of thing, while you're in space, Doc. Nothing's gonna happen, and he's just like, you do realize you just jinxed that yeah. famous know? last words. <laughs> yeah, he's like famous last words, and then you're just like, we know what's gonna happen here, and as soon as Anson Mount is gone, we get what happens in this episode. Well, it's yeah, because brilliant. because <laughs> because um, oh, where are we? So uh, where are we? Yeah, so Pike, so Pike goes on shore leave. Spock immediately goes to sick bay with anxiety, which is the most millennial <laughs> Spock thing. Because I would do the same. I would like, yeah, okay. Someone give me some like bipolar medication right now to calm me down. So, then, like Doc, Doctor Mbenga points out the fact of going, yeah, you've never ever had to deal with stress before. Like yeah. you've kind of suppressed it all. So have it's you like, tried the yeah, guitar? Yeah, you're in charge of a ship. Yeah, have you tried the guitar? And he gives he gives Spock the uh, I can never remember what it is, but it's sort of like a harp for it's string like a, thing. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a Vulcan string thing. Yeah. Uh, and Spock immediately knows how to play it, and I'm kind of devastated he didn't start playing Wonderwall, which you know <laughs> everyone needs to learn to play on guitar. And then Menga's just like teleport you into space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Please don't. Uh, but his heart rate goes down, but then his heart rate immediately goes up when the lovely Nurse Chapel enters the sick bay. Can we now, just talk about Nurse Chapel for a moment? Can I we talk was how very... beautiful she is as as an actor. Yeah. How absolutely amazing she is 
it's it's that thing. She is so incredibly beautiful, but yes. she has so much character. Like it's the you know this thing where you get someone who's beautiful, but then they're incredibly charismatic and just very good. Like what is it exactly? Seven seven of nine as well. Like it's that yeah. idea where you're just going, this is good casting. It's not like oh we'll hire someone just because they're pretty. It's like I'm not taking these gloves off. It's far too sweaty. I can't, oh, be Jess, evil. Jess, I can't be evil. Jess Bush um, from Australia's Next Top Model, I believe. Oh yeah. Um, is that is that who she is? She is. Yeah, she is. She is a former oh, model. Um, she is. A, I mean, all the way through season one, she was a terrific actor. And yeah. the the the, I, the tension between her and Spock. <gasps> I wasn't sure about it. It was that thing, you know, when you just get little uh, alarm bells in season mm. one. The first time she gets introduced, I'm like, oh, Nurse Chapel's a bit. Like, oh, they've made her a bit sort of sexy and the outfit's a bit tight and stuff like that. Mm. But then when you actually know her a bit, you just you're just like, oh, no, no, she's perfect. She's amazing. Like, you know, it's that yeah. thing where you just go, oh, she's not totty. She's literally this wonderful fleshed out character. And See like, you later, Mark. Sorry for spoiling episode one for you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we shall see you. Get it week. watched. Yeah, get it watched. But yeah, you were saying something. <laughs> you know no but it's all of the characters are like this all of the characters are just like i love you i love i love this character and yes. nurse chapel's no exception and like we'll get to it but this episode is literally just like any other series this would be unbelievable what happens but in this you're like nope i'm fully here for it fuck it yeah. you know whatever because his heart rate goes up as soon as she enters sick bay mm. he leaves being the adolescent love you know i've got the hang up for you type of person that he is at the moment <laughs> And then she says, oh, she's, she wants to do a Vulcan uh, apprenticeship, shall we mm. say, or fellowship. To, she's to... got the taste now. She's got the... <laughs> she's got the taste for Vulcan. She sniffs the green. So she's... <laughs> so she wants to go to Vulcan for a couple of months. So, But Umbenga's like... Mm, do you, why? He knows. He knows. Umbenga's mm. a wise, wise doctor. I, I, I was always disappointed we didn't get much of Umbenga in the original series and I know there was going to be a spin-off with him mm. uh, which would have been fantastic but I'm so glad like these minor characters are being fleshed out yeah uh, in and, it's, and it's true and it's kind of like respectful to what already is there like it's I don't think anyone who is a massive fan of the original series mm. is going to be watching this and being like oh they've ruined Nurse Chapel oh they've ruined Umbenga kind of thing yeah like they can't be because they're so well done you know yeah so back on the bridge Ortega's being the wheelman that she is of the Enterprise is getting stick for reversing the controls Uhura immediately gets snippy with an engineer who wants to upgrade the comms. She's like, well, I'm going to do this because you never know. You never know if there's got to be an emergency. And then perfect storytelling, plot device timing. Mm -hmm. The little red light starts beeping, <laughs> uh, goes to Spock's quarters, and she goes, this is from <laughs> Lan, from Kajitar, on the edge of Klingon space. Wait, it's can we just, it's how perfectly framed this is, where it literally just goes, Spock is in sickbay, or having anxiety because he's just been put in front of a starship. And the only reason he's coping is because it's like, oh, we're just in space dock, nothing bad's going to happen. And then the immediate next scene is Uhura being like, 
Okay, so all you crisis. needed, all you needed was the hua hua hua. It's funny. It's it's tongue and, it tongue in cheek, like the way that it does it. But um, but the whole point is that basically, Spock has to, you know, uh, what Uhura is saying is, hey, we've got a distress sig- signal from Lan, the security yeah. officer, who basically at the end of the series one, she went off with a, an orphan that they found. Yeah, she went off with an orphan they found to try and find this girl's parents. And yeah. she's found them, but then she suddenly sends a distress signal through. And that's what Uhura's picked up. So, uh, basically, Uhura's kind of like, hey, we I know we're not supposed to do anything, but we need to go and save her. <laughs> yeah, because after the opening credits, which are stunning, by the way, and Anson Mount doing the opening speech far better than I do, Spock starts to speak with Admiral April, wanting to get permission to go after Laan because she is in trouble. April mm. absolutely refuses because Kajitar is a joint uh, moon or outpost that produces dilithium for both the Klingon Empire and the Federation. They share this responsibility on a 30-day basis and it's currently the Klingons' turn to mine the uh, dilithium. So mm. he basically says, Robert, I, I feel it's a bit cold from this character, but I can understand the reasoning that if any Federation ship enters this uh, planet's space, it will trigger a war. You will be attacked. So La'an has to wait for 30 days until we regain control of the planet. Mm. Spock does the most Captain Kirk thing imaginable and just goes, well, I am going anywhere and I want everyone to get all of these inspectors and Pellier off the ship because we are going to steal the Enterprise. Which is iconic. I mean, I think the reason Starfleet is worried is because there's like growing tensions in the universe and they're like, let's not do anything to piss the Klingons off because we've pretty much just signed a peace treaty with them. And then we're going, now let's go and invade their space. At the moment, yeah. at, (laughs) At the moment, they're just reading our DMs. They are not acknowledging but yeah. this is progress because we have been unblocked on WhatsApp. So now, <laughs> so we're seeing the blue tick and we don't want to jeopardise the blue tick, okay? So yeah. Spock devises a plan that uh, they need to get the inspectors off. So we see one of the helmsmen going to engineering and triggering a fake coolant leak. Yeah. So and S- then Starbase 1 orders them to, to get the hell out of there. But then we <laughs> get to see... My new favourite character, <laughs> Carol Kane Pellier. Oh my, I want more of this character. It's it's absolutely iconic. She's like it's wonderful. just so, so basically the idea the idea is they've set off this fake coolant leak. And yeah. then he rather than evacuating just appears on the bridge and starts being like, What's this? What's going on? You I'm know? just continuing my inspection because all this is bullshit. Yeah, and then she's literally just like, oh, I just wanted to check some things because this looks exactly like what would happen if you tried to generate a fake coolant leak. Yeah, what a coincidence. Because she's like, and... well, when we did the numbers and they were fine and in a coolant leak, they wouldn't be fine. But, oh, look, they're <laughs> fine. And I'm like, I am so here for her just pulling up everyone on the bullshit. 
Yeah, like she, she does it. She literally just goes like, "Look, I teach about coolantly. I teach about like warp core breaches at the uh, at the university, so I know about this." And she points out that she can tell exactly what they're doing, but then spins it round and then just is like, "Oh, if you wanted to look convincing." vent the warp core plasma yeah <laughs> you know and then they do it and then immediately starfleet goes oh fuck it's serious Let but she does this go. she does this because she goes well if you do that i'm coming with you yeah i'm like, joining they're like they're trying to get her to evacuate and she's just like no yeah i'll just stay you know you need an engineer on this adventure yeah because we we get a little subtle hit when once the enterprise gets away from starbase one we get subtle hints because she's like oh i haven't been out in the stars of my own engines in a hundred years, and everyone's like, A hundred years? And Uhura goes, Oh, that accent, you're a Lepanthonite, uh, uh, a And she doesn't really allude to it at this point, but then she, she, so they all hightail out of it. Mm. Carol Kane, but we have to talk about oh if you don't know who Carol Kane is, okay, and this is the best thing, if you've ever seen the movie Scrooged, mm. she is the fairy in that. She is the ghost of Christmas present. And Princess and... Bride as well. Oh, yeah, Princess Bride and yeah. uh, the um, unbreakable Kimmy Smith. Yes. As well. But it's this idea where she is genuinely insane. Like, it's just, you know, if you remember her from Scrooge, like the whole, like, oh, what's this? It's a toaster. You know? Yeah. <laughs> she is off her rocker and she brings and, that energy to this. And it's weird to this because she's an engineer and not nothing about it adds up. But then that just means that it totally adds up in a weird, you know, how like salt and, you know, sweet and salty, it's like, it just works. Uh, and then there she's like a, I don't know, like a, a space witch, basically. She's yeah. just this crazy, very over-the-top, wild hair. Every <laughs> every sentence she says is slightly phrased differently, so she just sounds unhinged. It's brilliant. This is <laughs> this is Strange New Worlds trope. We've got Picard with bad morals. We have got Strange <laughs> New Worlds with batshit crazy engineers because Hemmer was nuts. I will Science. say my... My big <laughs> criticism of season one is that I, I didn't like Hemmer's arc. I loved <gasps> Hemmer, but he didn't get enough time. Well, it was this thing of going, because what happens with Hemmer, he's an engineer and spoilers, he dies. He gives his life in order to save everyone. But it's the fact of it didn't. Ah, it's, why did they get rid of him? Couldn't they have kept him for longer? Like, can I, don't can I give it. you can I give you a little bit of an insight? Was he? Did he not like it or something? He, Was he pulling no, a tashing no, 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 no. He's in season two. Oh, okay. He is in season okay. two, so that's okay. They are because it just felt very much like you haven't yes. started with this character and they're gone. But then it didn't really have the emotional impact because it hadn't. You know, they did it very well, but it was this idea of just feel like he has to come back. Like, the engineers. Again, I... The the engineers. Yeah, I feel. This is uh, this arc for the Enterprise's engineers is the road to Scotty. This is what <laughs> this is. This is the road to Scotty. How did we get from Hemmer to Pellia to maybe another one and then Scotty? Well, we got Scotty in season one, didn't we? we in the last briefly episode. as a voice, well, yes. Yeah, we, we got a voice that was blatantly Scotty, but you didn't get to see anyone. Yeah. And also, I'd just like to point out, like, I love in this Strangely World has kind of normalized being fat in Trek. Like it's you know, 
It's the fact that it has characters that are just that. And then you don't realize how rare that is in Trek. Trek has very much been a kind of, you're either a weird alien and you're overweight, or no, that's it. That's pretty much it. Or you're Scotty doing his cameo in TNG. Like there, there wasn't really any oh. characters that, you know, that where it was a thing that they were big. Whereas in Strange New Worlds, we see a lot more different body types yeah. throughout. We have short people, we have tall people, we have large people, we have skinny people. And I kind of love that. And, you know, and obviously, like, I guess we'll get Scotty like that when he's in, I guess. Well, I mean, they, they once you pass the physical, go straight <laughs> to the replicator and get the donuts. With that thing, you, you pass Starfleet University and then you, you're like uh, Rimmer when he yeah. gets Lister's body in Red Dwarf. But I mean, you, all you have to do, as you get older, things slow down, and you know it's it's expected that you you let yourself go a little bit because who cares? You nothing would slow down if I was that close to Anson Mount. Oof. Oh, daddy, daddy. <laughs> We're just going to replace all my would just daddy all the way through this season. <laughs> so um, I think Captain Quinn does not appreciate the 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 walking sex that is uh, <laughs> Pike in this. Captain Captain Quinn. Captain Quinn, come with me to the ready room. <laughs> no, no, that don't follow him. This is how it starts. Captain, welcome to <laughs> welcome to my ready room. Tea, Earl Grey? No, okay. Oh, it's bleach. When you have you... <laughs> bleach, lukewarm, and the replicator's like, what the fuck? That's 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 for Ensign Trump, who's in the brig. So, <laughs> Anson Mount, in person, is the most. Gorgeous, handsome, beautiful man you will ever, ever encounter. And I say this as a heterosexual male. I would do anything to that man. <laughs> he See, is, he's got him on the turn. <laughs> he is wonderful. The very first... This was, this was the second time I ever stood up and spoke to someone famous... It was Anson Mount. I said to everyone there, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And I did it, and I was like, uh, Hi, Anson Mount. There, there was a photographic evidence of me shitting myself. And I asked about if he'd ever do a Star Trek Pike spin-off, and he said yes. And I, honestly, I never stopped creaming for weeks. <laughs> Once you see him in person, you will you will understand. Yeah. <laughs> back to the show. Yeah, uh, back to the bridge. So, <laughs> so we get the next scene, which is on Kajitar. Holy shit! The CGI for Strange New Worlds. If they do not get an Emmy next year for that, it will be a travesty because the CGI is movie quality. That that opening thing of Kajitar, the fly pass on Kajitar, is fucking beautiful. I thought briefly that it was Lord of the Rings or something. Because it was just, it it's really good, stunning, absolutely stunning, and we go to the Indiana Jones reference that is Laan having a drinking contest with Klingons as you do, yeah. gagging on the blood wine. Must have been a bad year. She wins, but also she's... can we just point out how wonderful it is to see Klingons, like proper Klingons? Yeah, yes. it's this thing where I'm just so happy. That I have just... that written down. Yeah, I, I. 
I don't know. Like it, it wouldn't matter to me if they were Discovery Klingons, but just seeing them this way just made me happy because I was like, oh, cool, it fits. It all fits, it, you know. And they they are made up so beautifully as well. Like yeah. they, they are. That is, it's 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 four K Klingons. Mm-hmm. It's it's how Worf was, but it's four K. It's four K Klingons. Uh, oh, that's amazing. Captain Quinn's uh, met Patrick. I assume Stuart in a in a bar. That's amazing. In a bar. That's the crazy oh, wow. thing. It's like in in London, um, uh, you get like a lot of theatres when Ian McKellen's playing. Like a lot of a lot of the gay bars have like obviously Soho has a lot of theatres there. And when he's playing at the theatres, you'll just go into the bars and you'll just be like, hang on, you know. It's just that weird thing where that's Ian McKellen having a pint. Okay. For for those new. I accidentally bumped into Sir Patrick Stewart at my first ever Star Trek convention and <laughs> uh, security swooped. Um, but he was polite. We apologised. He was fine. I was fine. He asked if I was fine. I was not fine. Uh, it started my long, dark road of anxiety. because Did I'd... you at least get a cavity search out of it? So anyway, back on Katatar. <laughs> Oriana wins the <laughs> wins the drinking contest. <laughs> they found my latinum cyanose. Uh, she wins the drinking contest, and she's trying to arrange uh, a meeting with Kador uh, or Kadot. We see Omenga makes eye contact with her. She meets mm. the crew, and we get a lovely bit of backstory about Kaj- about uh, Kajita. How you know this? You know it, it profited from. Uh, both sides during the war, a, a new syndicate took over, which which I personally found was a bit more. Fr- I, I thought this was alluding to the Ferengi briefly, because mm. they said peace is not good for business, war is good for business. They are seeking profit. They are trying to. Uh, well, there was a large explosion. A lot of ionized radiation got into the air. Half the town got sick. Ionizing radiation comes from photon torpedoes not mm. dilithium and basically they believe that there is a plan to start the war with the klingons and the federation again so that this syndicate can profit from the dilithium on the planet which umbenga says a hundred million dead is not something that they want to yeah. experience again because again with with chaplain umbenga they were not on the five-year mission of the enterprise when the klingon war broke out because in Discovery, the we we find out that why we never saw the Enterprise all the way through season one of Discovery was Starfleet kept its best and br- like it's it's not best. I think best and brightest is a bit of a derog- derogative mm. term. The flagship, surely. The flagship. It kept its best weapons away mm. from the theater of of war so it kept them as far away as possible because if anything did happen they had the best and brightest they had the best technology the best ships away so mm. that things you know so in the eventuality they could come back or they could rebuild or anything like that mm. so chapel and umbenga weren't on the enterprise they were actually part of the war so we get this first insight into umbenga and chapel's I would say sort of trauma PTSD of the, mm. the Klingon war, which they are not fans of wanting to revisit, which anyone who has been in armed conflict would understand. Holy, I mean, it's terrifying for me to even 
think of we, that. It's great that they these people have this backstory where it's this idea of these people aren't fresh from the academy. These people have been through some shit. It's, yes. like, it's like our Lord and Savior, Miles O'Brien, where in DS9, it goes a lot into him. Uh, what is it? And his like experiences in the Cardassian War. Yeah. Like, you Bloody know, this Cardies. idea of going. Yeah. Yeah. Like the idea of where they are now is far more comfortable than where the situations they've been in and whatnot. Yeah. And the idea that Umbenga can still be such a kind person and such a sort of like, um, what's the word? Uh, benevolent, like, person after all the shit he's seen is like, you know, it kind of builds his character a bit. The same as Nurse Chapel, where it's like the fact of these are very altruistic people. Yes, they are. They are very, uh, well, I think the word you're looking for from Menger is um, pacifist. Yeah, well, yeah. We've, had, we've had two pacifists. We had Hemmer and we saw yes. her that today. Um, <laughs> Spoiler. I won't shoot the, I won't shoot the gun. Yeah. I'm so, all for pacifism, but there's a practicality to it where you're like, that's a monster. <laughs> but they, they, they offer their help to, to cure the sick uh, on the planet, while Spock and Uhura go with La'an to this meeting to try and find out what is the goal of this syndicate. How, how are they endeavouring to start a war between the Federation and the Klingons? Mm. So it would be nice. I did like the idea that maybe the Ferengi could be behind it at some level, but I think it's yeah. too soon to bring another race into it. This is first. Here's the Klingons, and then we'll find out later if but maybe this... the Ferengi were pulling the strings. But a another reason why I love this series, and I, I, and I knew you would love it, is because it goes, it goes perfectly with your hope that all these existing species which we have can now be fully explored. And we are with the Klingons, the Gorn, the Vulcans, and and all the, you know the the smaller species, I the Illyrians. The best thing, well. the best thing is the Romulans. The Romulans in the final episode of season one, where we basically get a look into the future, because uh, Anson Mount's background is that he knows when he's going to die, and he knows that it relates to an on incoming war with the Romulans, which might kick off, because uh, tensions are really high with them. And we get to see the Romulans during this time period and just they're so cool because we've never the Romulans have never been a real threat in the show. They've been like an enemy that's appeared. But even in TNG, they weren't. A, oh, they're going to fucking kill us because the Borg came along and went, hey, we're the big grand threat. And Romulans are just doing shifty stuff. And it was yeah. the same for our DS9. They weren't really in Voyager. And in Enterprise, we didn't even get to them because like season four it just went oh yeah romulans but they, they were built they were building up from season four onwards and yeah. I, I i do think that the, there needs to be either a mini series or a feature length movie for streaming <laughs> that goes into this war i'm loving captain quinn captain quinn has met loads of famous people and also pointing out that uh, pacifism doesn't work on Wednesdays, which is a lovely reference beheadings to you because season three. Yes, beheadings, <laughs> beheadings are on a Wednesday. But as, as Chapel and Umbenga are helping the people, a Klingon approaches from the syndicate and kidnaps them, shall we say. Mm. Uh, the other two, Uhura and Spock, go with Leon, uh, La'an to the meeting. Again, more Klingon. Who is trying to decipher what they are saying because it's a it's a weird dialect that they are using. I love the fact that we have got dialects within Klingon as well. We need that. Yeah. We need accents. Is that an actual thing? Like yeah, in the, the language? 
I believe so. I think there is an actual language, but I think there are certain dialects, but I don't yeah. think it's been fully fleshed out. Mm. They, Laan does a deal with the Klingons for phases. A plan is happening tomorrow, and they want to know what it is. So they beam over uh, back to the Enterprise, but the transporter chief can't find Chaplain Umbenga. Their their signal was lost an hour ago. So while mm. they beam up, beam back to the Enterprise, we see uh, Chaplain Umbenga being escorted onto into a mine, mm. where we see a federation ship now with me being a bit of a ship purveyor voyeur aficionado, really really we've never even heard of the wall of bankruptcy yeah 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 um with, with me being an aficionado shall we say of starships when i looked at that ship i thought i looked at it briefly and i thought that's a crossfield class like just just from the ship and i thought that looks like discovery because like, Crossfield is the name of the, the class of ship from Discovery, and mm. I was like, are they? Are they Are they going to do it? And I thought, no, nah, no. Nah. But they get onto the ship, and they're in the sick bay, and they're treating all these people with burns and stuff like that. And we get a lovely uh, conversation between uh, Umbenga and a Klingon, uh, because the Klingon wants to know, how do, you, how do you know Klingon anatomy, physiology? Who did you treat? Mm. And the the trauma is coming out thick and fast from Benga because he's he's reliving these times where he was at this planet and he was like, I I you know I tread I tread Klingons at this planet how you would never have survived and so and you can see, what I love about the actor the eyes mm. because he put he portrays a soldier who is internally reliving the trauma of the past of these battles because war is hell no matter what century you are in war will always be hell and we, we we must do everything not to go to war shall yeah. we say Kevin well, Gwynn's asking what's the most ludicrous race that could have a Geordie accent <clears throat> Gary the Ferengi <laughs> I'm going to do a get me latinum yeah <laughs> I'm gonna play. I'm gonna Grand go to Mega. Oh, right. <clears throat> For the non-northern nerds, allow me to elaborate. <laughs> Geordie is a accent where we live, for, uh, which is primarily spoken in the land of Newcastle upon Tyne and the surrounding area. You have Sunderland. I'm about you gone posher for this. Thank you. Thank you. Newcastle upon yeah. Tyne and the yeah. surrounding area. The Sunderland accent is called Mackham. The Borough accent is called Trainwreck. <laughs> the Newcastle accent, uh, if you've ever watched Castle or the Geordie episode of Castle, disregard that. Geordie is like... Wow, that, that was bad. Yeah, it's like, Yari, Yari, my name's Michael. I'm from Baita. Baita. He can he see, man! You can't you cannot do it, man! So I am I am anyway. waiting. I am, if there's any Star Trek producers, we are more than willing to donate a few Geordies to the production. To uh, we are to never like, getting hired. <laughs> I'm gonna gant the mecca. I'm gonna gant the mecca on me Ferengi shuttle. Shuttle on the metro. <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna play. I'm gonna I'm, well. I'm gonna gant play some dabo. Yeah, gonna play some dabo. Quark. At quarks. Walk quark. Quark. Walk quark. Oh, Can you imagine Rom? Got 20 pen for the May. <laughs> Where's one litre? 
Anyway. So, okay, we need to get one yes. episode. <laughs> Goddamn okay. tangents. Um, sorry, everyone in chat. So, yeah, so really... Chapel <laughs> confirms that the ionizing radiation is coming from photon torpedoes, which are on. Uh, it's not funny, Sino. I, I can't stop laughing. I'm sorry. Walk, walk. <laughs> Paul, Photoshop a Ferengi in a Newcastle football kit, please. <laughs> so. <laughs> Is that Gary the Ferengi? Yeah. Are we saying that Gary the Ferengi is a two he played, <laughs> part he, of the Toon Army? He was a he was a striker in the mid two thousands. Striker. Yeah, striker. He he, he taught Shearer. So Wow. So they confirmed what are we that doing? The, Yeah. What well, is our lives? What, what okay. is this? Yeah. They they confirmed that there are fort photon torpedoes. I nearly said photon. Photon. Photon <laughs> torpedoes. Like Can you imagine the subtitles for this episode? So Wait, they it's confirmed, just gonna be like Northern gibberish. Just question <laughs> just, marks. In, in italics. <laughs> yeah. I accept in, Inane rambling. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so they need to find out where these torpedoes are. And then they come to the realisation that the reason that they are building this Federation ship is this is a planet in the middle of a territorial dispute. If they launch this ship that attacks Klingons, it is all out war. So their mission now is to stop this ship by all means necessary. Then, what we it's find... It's a pretty good plan. It's like a they're, bloody so good they're, plan. They're trying to it's start a, red, it's a, a false flag. Like, yeah, and but it's... But then again, though, they kind of... When they see this ship, they're like, how did they get the ship in here? And they're like, no, I think they built it in here. And you're like, that's one hell of a... You know... But like that a makes sense. That Obviously, makes sense let's later Let's make on. a whole fucking ship in a cave this false flag operation that like. makes sense later on I'm, I'm going to get to my trek tech okay. later on so trek tech. Oh, bear with me get trek one. tech out like for the so, lads i'm going to do another segue which is a good one's trek tech so anyway this the following scenes i have dubbed in my notes kingsman freebird church <laughs> because <laughs> umenga brings out the green monster energy supplement for the hypo spray. Chapel goes I'm missing is goths and noise. I'm missing a can of monster. Monster. Oh, you are I, I don't even drink the stuff anymore. Monster sponsors. I actually I actually had a can of monster I've never really had it before, but I had it when I was streaming a couple of weeks back and I was like, this is quite nice and it kept me awake for the whole thing. I thought it would like make me buzz off my tits, but uh remember actually guys, it was like yeah comfortable, you know? But I guess that's why people drink it all the time. Remember, guys, it's hot out there. Keep your goths hydrated. Put a <laughs> put a ball of monster out in the backyard. So, <laughs> but it's the, it's. I love this though, where it's the fact of they know that they can't just walk up to where they need to, because basically their plot is that they're going to change. They're going to send a signal out that yes. basically changes the uh, is it the transponder codes for the ship. They're basically to so signal anyone that, actually yeah, yeah. So, to so say anyone it's scanning it will go like oh this isn't a real ship like yes. and so enterprise can basically get a message across but otherwise everyone would go oh it's a real ship because it's got real codes and stuff yes but they kind of know that they can't get there on a ship full of uh klingon warriors uh <laughs> you know like normally and therefore they do something that i think is class because you know they're not fighters no per se like they're medical people and we see in season one that like nurse chapel isn't particularly good with sort of combat but 
but basically being science officers they just go like hey we've got this like drug that will make us into yeah this this actual drug that will make us into actual psychopathic killing machines for a period of time okay (laughs) so it's effectively like you know in the 80s and like robocop and stuff yeah where in the 80s everyone was scared about what what was the drug what was it um Oh, is that the thing that everyone, you know, oh, he's on MSG, not MSG. LSD. But, you know, it's not LSD. No, it's, it's this. LSD. Oh. oh uh, but every I, I went back basically... to Surge. I don't know why. Sorry. But yeah, yeah go on. But every sort of film in the 80s basically had it where, oh, he's on this drug. And that's why he didn't feel his head getting chopped off. And you're like, what? You know, like, I don't think it's that powerful. Yeah. Uh, but this is effectively like that, where basically they take this drug and then they just go, yep. I'm hooked up, you know, I'm sugared up, but I'm... But how... How unbelievable are the following scenes from this? The the (laughs) fight scenes, they are excellently choreographed, lit, directed, filmed. Oh, absolutely, because they seriously kick some ass all the way through this. They Literally, Nurse Chapel running like going through a klingon uh, well through a starship punching klingons in the face getting punched herself and then just giving it back and it's it's i think in any other show it would be ludicrous but it's the fact of with this i'm like no it kind of makes sense there because is, yeah. i think the fact is it would have been better if there was a blatant come down afterwards so if they yeah. kind of done this and then they're literally just shattered afterwards pcp PCB, that was it. Thank yeah. you, Adam. Our, our resident went... narcotics expert, Adam. Oh, well, he's he's managed to punch a wall in half. Oh, he must be on PCP. And you're like, yes. I don't know if it works that way, but yeah. okay. Christopher said Panzer chocolate. Yes, Panzer chocolate. Yes. <laughs> so, but definitely not fucking Hershey's. They they <laughs> ooh, they corner they corner a Klingon. Umbenga extracts information because they want to know how many. What are they at? What's their armament? He kicked the absolute shit out of him. Uh, we we realise there's 30 they're fully armed knocks him the fuck out when he wouldn't give any more information and then they they hear that the engines are starting to warm up they are able to send a distress signal to Enterprise because they're they're redoing it as as Umbenga's doing that again Freebird Part 2 kicks in with Chapel but you see that it's starting to wear off because there are subtle hints her hits are a little bit more delayed she's getting uh, she's absorbing the punches yeah. a little bit less. She's starting to, but she, I mean, both of them are an absolute badass because Umbenga, he does that and he just snaps and just continues to kick ass until they get to the airlock mm. where we see that the, this ship is starting to take off. So they are well and truly now cornered with nowhere else. Because uh, yeah, their go. whole plan was to get out of the airlock and then they're like, oh, it's probably not a good idea whilst the ship is starting to fly. <laughs> yes. Back in orbit, the D7 warps. I love the the old, like this nice design of the D7. It's it's very the original series, but it's got that, like Enterprise, it's got nice, modern, retro-ish. It, it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful D7. On my shelf. Of course it is. I have no money, guys. Please send money. <laughs> The um, but we five see five pounds a month. You can uh, you can yeah. uh, help maintain uh, Goodwill's uh, starship for for just six, addiction for just sixty nine pound a month. You could allow me to be fully furnished in all the starships of all the franchises. 
Back on the Enterprise, they detect that the D7 is there. They're hiding. They're hiding in rocks. They then detect a ship blasting off. And the helmsman says, this is a crossfield class. And I was like, it doesn't look like one. But in the earlier scene where they said, how did they get a ship in the mine? And Omega goes, they mm. built it. When you look at it, it is literally the saucer from Discovery mm. and then other parts from other ships that they've kitbashed onto it. So I'm like, yeah. So Enterprise would recognize that as a crossfield class because the transponder would say, oh, I'm this old ship that's now in half. Mm. But then, yeah. So I thought that was a really... I thought that was a really nice touch to Discovery to be like, hey, they've sort of salvaged these destroyed ships, mm. amalgamated them into this thing, and this is what they are going to use for the false flag. Because it doesn't mm. have a name or anything like that. It just says Crossfield class. They then pick up the the signal from Umbenga and Chapel where they use a Morse code. And I, I love the fact that even in the 23rd century Morse code is still understood by people in communications. This, <laughs> this like, defunct 300-year-old language in Nahura is like, oh, it's Morse 2. Well, I, I don't know, though, because it's the fact of it's like binary. It's the fact of, I think, in any field, any communications, it would go back to Morse code because it's the most basic code you can have. It's literally, mm. it's basically binary, like, for communications. Yeah. And, you know, so it, it kind of makes sense. It's like, you know, with mathematics, you just be like, oh, my God, they've still got subtraction in the future. And it's like, yes, yes, they do. Or they've still got algebra, even though there's so much more to it, you know. Yeah, it's... so it's... I, I, I like that, though. I do like that they used uh, the, the Moss too. They go back to Chapel and Omega. The Klingons are trying to cut through the airlock. They try and find EV suits. Can we just point out how fucked Chapel looks at this point? Oh, I mean, like, she's fairly fine, but Nurse Chapel is like blood streaming down her face. She's been punched a lot, you know, and she's like hooked up on drugs. And you're just kind of going like, "That was that was a risky maneuver that you did there." But I quite like it. I quite like it. Just but going, it's a okay, good. This is... It's a, it's a good tension building to and from between uh, uh, Chapel and Menga and the Enterprise. Spock surmises what they are trying to do, that it is a false flag operation. They are going to use this ship to attack the Klingons and then start a war in order to, you know, supply and demand, basically. More to and from, we go back to the ship. There's no EV suits. There's a helmet with a transponder. And then there was like a thruster pack. That's mm. all they've got. The Enterprise then goes after this crossfield, but doesn't fire. And then we get this lovely, again... Th beautiful cgi where the enterprise does a goddamn barrel roll in <laughs> space and it's, it's it's something that you you Do never saw roll. yeah but you never saw any original series because obviously effects and live yeah. action you would never do that but they're like we can but afford no, to if do they've done it in the original series <clears throat> you would see the man's hands holding the ship but just moving doing a barrel roll with it but blatantly see you would see a pencil there. fall out somewhere and stuff like that yeah so that'd be quite good actually doing special effects that crap you know he just kind of you can see the guy holding the ship and it's like as he's turning it what, what are you on about this is what we are going to do for our opening <laughs> I, I would actually love that if we made it as crap as possible i'm going to get a green glove one of my ships and just do that <laughs> 
<laughs> so you can see like your fingers over it. Yeah, stuff. just the index, yeah, the index in the, in the middle finger, just like that, and then a thumb, and that's, that's <laughs> all you see flying over. And yeah, and then halfway through, I walk into the room and I'm just like, "What are you doing? What's this? I'm filming the intro, man." That's what it needs to be. It needs to be sort of like green screen. I just come in, knock the green screen, so it all messes up. All whilst Adam's beautiful cover of Star Trek Voyager <laughs> plays in the background. It Turn is... this shit off. <laughs> That's what it should be. You can't see, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> Singing on Voyager. Star Trek Voyager is <laughs> It's really good. <laughs> Oh my god, the heat's getting to us. This is a really serious scene as well. Yeah, be it's it. a serious scene. Be yeah. it. So they just dis- have some professionalism, Goodwill. <laughs> Adequate. <laughs> so the decision for Umbenga and Chapel is jump out the airlock, and Chapel goes, we'll, "We'll, we'll, you know, we'll freeze in a minute." And he's like, "Oh, it'll be fine. We'll be unconscious within fifteen seconds." No, no, he he says it in a very. He doesn't say like, "Oh, it'll be fine." Like oh, he's not being he's not being blasé. He's very much kind of going, "No, we won't die immediately." You know, and it's just like, okay, so I guess we've got a chance. But yeah, so the Enterprise is still running. They need a decision. A decision needs to be made by Spock. Camera is is drawing ever closer to that beautiful face of Ethan Peck. The decision is made to destroy the ship. Spock says fire. They leg it out of the airlock. The ship gets destroyed. Lovely tension scene. No music. Just the, you know, up until fire, eyes closed, and then the music plays as they leave the airlock. They do see the ship getting destroyed. They find Umbenga and Chapel, beam them on board. God bless Spock, legging it down to the transporter room and doing CPR on Chapel. I, I, yeah. I love. I know it was never played out in the original series, or it always it was alluded to in a minor way. But I, I, I love that you can, you can see he's a Vulcan that's not a Vulcan, and you can see mm. the love that he has for Chapel in this. And I, I love Chapel's company. Like, oh, why are you gonna be so hard? <laughs> <laughs> no, why, why are you gonna be so rough? Oh, is it rough? Thing. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. I've said that a lot, but it's not to Nurse Chapel though. But it's the uh, I love I love also that Mbenga's just like, well, fuck me then, you know. He just like runs yeah, over, yeah. make sure Nurse Chapel's I'm okay, and Mbenga's like, I'm just dying here. That's fine. My, my lungs have ruptured, but okay. <laughs> my voice has got worse somehow. Yeah, ooh. Voice is getting even worse. Ooh, shot across even the bow. Mirror Universe noise is very is very saucy. I'm a bitch. You're a bitch. I'm a bad bitch and I don't care. Someone's a bitch <laughs> and it's not Captain Goodwill. Oh. And, um, but then Spock has to go back to the bridge because the Klingons are hailing and we get this lovely little standoff between the Klingon captain and Spock. And he's like, mm. what is going on here? Why have you destroyed this ship? What are you trying to hide? And and Spock <laughs> clearly says, like, trust me, mate, we'd have blew you to pieces before you even had a chance to breathe. And then they have this lovely thing, and then Spock just goes, "Should we have a bevy? Should we just sort this out over a pint? Well, I, I should we go to the that, spoons?" I think that's brilliant, though. It's the fact of like the the Klingon warship is like, "What the hell's going on?" And they they tackle it exactly like a Klingon would, where they're like, "Ah, you destroyed the ship because 
you didn't want the embarrassment of seeing it lose against us. And you're like, that makes no sense, but Klingons. Hashtag but Klingons. Yeah, and then and then like Spock diffuses it by basically just being like, no, no, you know, explains it perfectly logically. Yes. <laughs> and then in the, you know, and then basically if he hasn't had enough stress today, he now has to be like, oh, yes, I can have a drinking game with Klingons. <laughs> you know, that's not going to they, like, they, be yeah. even more stressful. They, they beam down to ye oldie space spoons on uh, Kajitar. <laughs> space spoons. Space but, spoons. Less, it, but thankfully, space Tories don't exist, so it means you can go there. Yes, Spories, <laughs> as well, Carl, um, because they are just fungus. So the... <laughs> Easy side noise. There we go. Hashtag fuck the Tories. Hashtag, right, okay. Yes, yes. Hashtag fuck the Tories. <laughs> but they do, they do resolve it over a bevy, which I thought was quite nice. I think, you know, if it was a more like, if this was a mid-season episode or a fluff episode, it should have been called Spock's Day. Yeah, that's it. Well, to we paraphrase Data's it. Day. Well, I, I think this is the thing, like, it's, and it's so perfect that this is doing the same as, um, you know, like TNG did with the Klingons. It's the Star Trek tradition where when you have the alien member of the crew, they have to be a kind of comedy comedy element yeah. by pointing out how much a fish out of water they are. Yes. Like they did it with Worf in TNG. <laughs> they did it very, you know, very not a merry Udo man. in DS9. Uh, Neelix, who cares? Um you know, but, but like, and it, and it's just wonderful that like Spock is like a comedy character in this because he's so uncomfortable at times, and you can see. And they had the wonderful episode. I think what was it? Spock a mock was the episode in season one where he swaps bodies with his uh, wife to be uh, to bring, and it's the, no. and the, the yeah no. the, the humor of the humor. Oh of the yes, element. yes, Spock a mock. Yes, yeah. sorry. Yeah. I thought you meant the, the original humor... series. I was like, what? Oh no, no, in sorry, season <laughs> yeah, no, one of sorry. Discovery yeah, yeah. Uh, of uh, Strange. Oh, World. that was so funny that one as well. But it's the fact of it's so funny because the characters are not the people who are used to this. And obviously, Tripring's going, yes, let's hope there's no more of your. How do you say high jinks? And then, and then like. That all of this shit starts, and she's just like, "This is getting dangerously close to high jinx." <laughs> the 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 jinx is getting to a level which could be considered by some as high. I, I yeah, I I love that. And then and then in this one, like the fact of the you know just how much he has to go through, and you feel sorry for him being this logical person, just being like everything is falling apart. Deal with it. But the the lovely conversation he has with Pellier about being a lanternite, he's like, I've always been fascinated by how the fact that you hid amongst humanity up until the 22nd century. Um, and, and for me, I'm hoping, and I know it's a long shot, but hear me out on this. I'm hoping, because we've got Pellier, and because she's been in Starfleet, we are going to get some serious enterprise, if not archer references because i lay you a bet now pellier and archer i'm telling you i'm calling are it you now. saying they fucked this is this is my this is my prediction we did this for season three for picard okay this is my prediction right so what we were was my... wrong with everything in no three we were we were keiko's still evil what was okay. my what was my prediction for season three of picard it was uh we were saying it was the, the prophets no board. the prophets oh, and the prophets the oh, pirates yeah. the pirates yeah 
I think we're going to get a lovely Enterprise callback. Mm. I think we're going to see... We get Lord X, which we know, but I think with Pellia, because she's been around, she would have been around in 2151 and all the way through that, yeah. we are going to get some sort of Enterprise reference. If not, uh, Captain, Admiral, President, Archer references, which I would die for. I, I yeah. really would. But we do get but that's the... it. Like like they mentioned on the Shuttlepod uh, podcast, like it's the idea of... It was sucky. Like I didn't, you know, I'm I'm the minority. I didn't particularly like seasons three and four of uh, of Enterprise. But it's the fact of I would have loved it to go for seven seasons because yes. the cast was brilliant. It could have done it, and it's and it does feel like they were totally robbed, like yes. not getting a full sort of show out of it. And it yes. would have been great seeing all of the stuff like you know the beginning of the well wouldn't it end it would have the romulan war as a massive plot and then it would probably end with the klingon war right no the what the, I don't the, know the timeline so so the goodwill's trek ready room so goodwill's trek ready room hi guys and shit come over to the ready room i have fish the timeline for the romulan war was it was about it was it was a few years the Romulan War. The formation of an alliance was alluded to and started in season four of Enterprise. It wasn't called the Federation or anything. It was just called an alliance, and it was Tellarites, mm. Vulcans, and everything like that. They then had the Romulan War, which was primarily between Starfleet and uh, the Romulans. However, Beta Canon suggests that the the other races chipped in because. Basically, it was, if we fall, you're next. That was the general mentality mm. that the humans said to everyone else. Like, do you really think they are going to stop with us? As yeah. as we have seen throughout our own history, they don't stop at one country. So the, the war ended. It then led to a, a strengthening of the alliance, which eventually formed the United Federation of Planets in 2161. Mm. The Klingon War was 100 years... 100, well, 90-odd years later in 2256, 10 years <laughs> before the original series. So mm. there was that gap there. But for Pelia, because she's lived... As she says, she's lived forever. There's nothing to, to say that she wasn't part of Starfleet that she wasn't part of that one, that she didn't meet these people. Because obviously if you're in Starfleet and you are teaching people about warp theorem and all this, you've been around a while. You've, you know, you've, you've been around. And she, she even yeah. said, I said, I have not left Starfleet Academy. Excuse me. I have not left Starfleet Academy for a hundred years. So she, yeah. she was there when Starfleet like when the federation started and that's when she start start you know started teaching people so i hope for that I, but the i think i think it's definitely that i mean because what we have in this scene is obviously spock is drinking and then basically looks over and who's standing at the bar but pellier you know basically enjoying a good drink and then and then he's basically just going oh you know like uh, you know talking about her getting back to like the university and whatnot like the academy and then she's just like, 
no, no, you know, it's like, and she basically says a very valid question, like all this stuff, like, you know, loads of people where they talk about like, oh, wouldn't it be amazing to be a vampire? Wouldn't it be amazing to like live forever and stuff? And then you realize just how, well, she basically, she basically points out, do you know what the worst thing about living forever is? Boredom. Like, but she and goes she's into been teaching at the speech. university for a hundred years. Yeah. She goes into a massive speech about like how it's not losing your loved ones. It's not watching other people age. It's just being bored. And I, I look, that's a testament to Carol Kane's acting where she leads into this, what you think is going to be a really emotional speech. Like Spock says about loved ones and stuff like that. And she's like, yeah. I'm bored. And you're like, <laughs> but then you, you, you sit back and you go, yeah, like if I was a few thousand, figuratively, see if she's a few thousand years old. Yeah, you well, this would is the be. thing. It's it's the idea of in in to bring Warhammer into it. It basically it has like vampires in that, and it has a, a bloodline of vampires called the Necrarchs, where they're basically like evil researchers. So they're basically you know doing all this crazy sort of like creating Frankenstein monsters and using like dark magics and stuff. But, like, the whole thing is because they live forever, they don't get much done. And they kind of marvel at how they don't get as much done as the human people who only live for, like, 100 years. But then they're like, oh, it's probably because time means nothing to us, so we piss around a lot. So, you know, it's this idea of going, oh, yeah, I've been doing these experiments for 500 years. Okay, right. I... And it is it's the reality of... And I, and I quite like that Star Trek doesn't go into that that much. I mean, because it's... You've got, like people like Guinan and Aurorians? That's the race? Elorians. Elorians. Yes. Elorian, like Guinan's race, where they keep themselves entertained at least, but it does kind of go, oh, you must get really bored. Like, And I like the fact it's got this, you know, every, every Trek show needs a mysterious race in it, and this is what they've introduced here, where this... they've just gone, hey, we don't know anything about her race, we can flesh it out a bit, you know. This... this... For me, I got strong Asari references from Mass Effect where they've been, you know, they are they can live to be a thousand years old. And then they're like, oh, I'm only 43. I'm still partying. I'm still going through my phase of sleeping around. <laughs> and, and you're like, oh, but then they said the same thing that you humans live such a short life you cram as much in as possible where we yeah. we take our time so your our partying takes a hundred years and it's like <laughs> shit and i and i love this with it's with, like an enterprise where to like oh I, i'm just a child and it turns out that she's like 140 and it's she, like okay she's like 62 in enterprise because even like Is she? yeah because like trip trip goes like how old are you and he's like she's like never ask a vulcan her age <laughs> and he's like yeah but she's 60 and you're like yeah and it makes sense that obviously she would have had an entire life before she joined um enterprise and yeah. like oh shit but with with pelia so she she's bored and she's like your ship is fun your ship is fun and i'm gonna stick around and she doesn't ask she's just like i'm going to stick around you mm -hmm. don't have a choice i'm off for another pint i i i love this but my prediction, you're making a prediction about Pelia and Archer. My prediction is that we're not going to get Pelia the whole season. I no. feel like she's going to be a three-episode arc character, and then they, you know, they drop her off or some, you know, that mm. thing like, um, like, like with um, Menga's daughter. 
Mm. Where was the idea of that yes. was like a little sort of four episode arc and now they're out of it, which I was disappointed by. Like, I will say my biggest disappointment from season one of Discovery is it it closed too many storylines too soon. Like, yes. like we say with with Hema, with uh, Umbenga's daughter, with like, um, you know, uh, Lana's background. It, but I, I kind of felt like it didn't know that it was going to get a second season. I it think was, it very much felt like we don't know how this will land, so let's just make sure we tie things up. But it was, feels the same because yeah. I, I, when it first got announced and we first found that Umbengo had like sort of smuggled his daughter on board the ship, I was thinking that it was going to be a hidden character that they would save up for like season three or something, yeah. so that we never get to actually see them. But they're like talked about like like Niles's wife on Frasier or something, where we never get to see her. Uh, and then and then it just means that when you know when a series goes on a, a bit and you need to introduce a new character, we're like, hey, we can always bring in Umbenga's daughter. Yeah. So it just burned out a bit too quickly, and I was a bit I was disappointed. I, th I think. So, so season one was shot in 2021. It wasn't greenlit until before it aired in 22. The showrunners have said 10 episodes is not enough. However, they understand why it is 10 episodes, budget, time constraints, everything. The only problem we are going to have, and we'll get back to the end of the episode shortly, the only problem we are going to have is with season three, there is a writer's strike. So season three next year will be delayed. So I I personally, I feel Strange New Worlds has got a shelf life. And it's got a shelf life because we all know what's going to happen to Captain Pike at a certain we point. We don't know when, though. We do. <laughs> We do. No, no, but I mean, like, we don't know how many seasons you could fit in before that happens. We do. Do we? Yeah. So, season one of the original series, that's when he has the accident. Yeah. That's when he gets, you know, hideously deformed and put into the wheelchair. That was 2266. We have got... If if they go... And I, I doubt they will, but if they ever did go right up, hmm. that's, I mean, seven eight seasons that they could do for that yeah. they could do a traditional seven yeah that's what i mean it's like the idea of you could do the full thing and yes we know that uh, what is it that pike is going to die at the end but it's the idea of going yeah it doesn't need to go like oh, oh we can only do three seasons out of this yeah you know you could have like but hopefully they're going to get the full seasons and they're not going to have to jump to it like we had at enterprise where they literally got they were like, "What? We have to round it up. We we were not even planning to round." This is it up what they're doing with Discovery. Yeah. This is what they are doing with Discovery. So yeah. they had already at least they already... get a full season for Discovery. Well, no, no, oh, no. They'd finished. Oh, they had finished the last yeah. season of Discovery, as it's as it's now called. The call was made that it will not be renewed. That it is that is it. So mm. what they are doing now is going back and recording extra episodes to wrap it up within this season mm. that's what so it's season this is season five so they thought as as everyone did quite you know to be fair with discovery it'll be season five season six and then maybe season seven blah blah blah, blah. 
But then Paramount made the decision, nope, it's going to end with season five. So they've sort of reallocated the, the, the funds to say to them, well, we didn't end it as a series finale. We just ended it mm. as a season finale. Can we go back and wrap it up? And I don't know if it's going to be a feature length, if it's going to be two or three episodes. It's going to be very interesting to see how they deal with it. But again, there is a writer's strike. So mm. everything was set in stone before the strike. So they're like, yep, Discovery is going to be beginning the 2024. We're going to do this. But the reason why we've delayed it, because it was going to be Discovery was going to be after Lower Decks. Mm. They've postponed it from 23 to 24, but now the writer's strike's kicking in. So it's like, well, what's, there's going to be a void. There's going yeah. to be a massive void at the beginning of 2024 if there's nothing in place of these live action shows because the writers, quite rightly, are striking yeah. for fair for fair pay and recognition. And if they're pissed off that there's going to be a gap in the market, you know how you resolve that? You pay your writers properly. Exactly. What a crazy, you know, oh, you want the trains to run? You pay the workers. You know, it's not, oh, these it's people, not rocket science. These people want roofs over their heads and food. And they want paying? How dare they? But, but where will the money come from? Well, you know those massive profits you made? Yeah, yeah. Out of them. Oh, but they're untouchable. No, that's not how money works. In <laughs> you know, the age of streaming. That's not how economy works. Anyway. In, um, yeah, in the age of streaming I, as well. The landscape has changed. Exactly. Hey, fucking writers. Um, Captain Quinn's pointed out a very good point where it's, they could remake the Menagerie episode, the, uh, the pilot of... Um, the, the original series with Pike, and then was it was it the Menagerie? Uh, it was the the pilot episode was called the Cage. The Cage, yeah. The two part the in the original, alien. yeah. The two part in the original series was the Menagerie, which mm. uh, showed clips of the Cage. The pilot for the Cage was not shown until the eighties and nineties. That's the weird thing because obviously when I when I watched the original series, like before we started doing this, yeah, it's just there as the first episode. Yes, it's not called the pilot. It's literally you just watch it on Netflix and it goes, "This is episode one," and then episode two just goes, "Oh, and Kirk's here now," and you're like, "What?" <laughs> okay, they were it, they were aired way out of sequence as well. So yeah. what what they've done is they've because you'll notice like when the Kirk episodes, the first couple of Kirk episodes, the uniforms changed drastically. Because oh, they were see like, you later, Beth. Have a great see night. See you later, Beth. So they were like, oh, well, episode two is actually going to be episode four, and episode four is going to be episode one. And, and it was just, it was all over the shop with it. But with, if they reshoot the, I mean, technically the cage has already happened at this time because it was alluded in season two of Discovery. Because mm. we do go back to um, Telosian four or something like that. Mm. I'm pretty sure it's the Telosians. So, Telosians. Telosians. Because so, you're worth it. But we know there is an end game. And again, guys, we'll promise we'll get back to this, but we need to. <laughs> there is an end game for Strange New Worlds. We all know that. Mm. And I think there is, there is, unlike other Star Trek series, there is an innate satisfaction to know we know what is going to happen, but we want to enjoy the journey getting there. Yeah which it's sort of like there is no anxiety in like, mm. oh, well, what if this happens? What what if they do that? And it's like, well, no, because we know what happens to Pike. And, I, and there's, there's, there is some sort of like satisfaction in that. Like we know, we know the end game, but I we think want it's to explore character. 
this is the first time we've had something like that i feel because yes. it's like we don't know in deep space nine that cisco is go is you know we we do know from the first episode that he's the emissary but we don't actually realize the full prophecy mm. that comes to pass over the seven seven seasons and the writers blatantly didn't either yes. um but with this it's kind of weird being like you know we obviously we knew that um like janeway would get home in voyager but it wasn't that wasn't specifically her thing getting home it was all of them yeah uh, but then in this one it's like weird that his he has this overarching plot that we know exactly how it ends it's just the journey that's important and i i kind of love that because it you know it's it's yeah, yeah and it's 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 very refreshing to see a character that knows his fate from the get-go and how mm. that develops him as a person and as a captain so i i like i said i i absolutely love it but getting back getting back to this episode admiral april is giving spock a good old dress down for nicking the enterprise spock is hung, hung over and april just goes well that can be your punishment for nicking the flagship of the <laughs> federation you can suffer with a hangover and i thought <laughs> Okay, this is original series. He goes to see Chapel though in Sick Bay. Yeah. He does go to see Chapel, and as he's playing music, we go back to the Admiralty. The foreshadowing comes full circle, and they go, Well, you were a bit light on him. And he's like, Yes, but we can't fight a war on two fronts, can we? And the reveal goes onto the mass assistance display, and we see a red blip. And oh my God, it's the Kick O'Brien. Finally, <laughs> Kick She has materialised. She has destroyer of worlds. She has materialised. She has travelled back in time to Miles? take. She has travelled back in time with Miles in tow with a collar to <laughs> take down the Federation. Hold on, are we suggesting that she won the battle? That she's won the the eternal struggle? Yes. Oh, okay. it's Kick O. It's, K it's Keiko. Molly the Destroyer is off in some other Molly place. the Destroyer, that's it. Uh, <laughs> the beast. It, but no, it's, it's the Gorn. So we get an inkling that the, the overarching... <laughs> so, Craig Christopher in the chat's like, stealing a flagship? That's, that's the paddling. paddling. <laughs> Adam Bailey's asked, um, are they going to remake the original series, do you think? No. I, I don't think they are. I no. think what they're going to do, they would never touch the orig original series, but I think what they're going to do is have a lot of Kirk in this later on. Yes. So I think they'll probably... I, I personally think they'll be like, hey, we're going to end it. So they could even continue this after Pike's death as a segue into Kirk. Like, oh, so yeah. basically end it where it's like, hey, here's how the crew gets to what they are in the original series. Like, this is, you know, how... Um, I've forgotten his name. Um, the engineer, Scotty. Uh, Scotty. Yes, I was trying to think of his name, not his nickname, and I was like, no, it's just Scotty. But yeah, um, how Scotty becomes the engineer, and I think that would be a great ending to it, rather than just you know, because you could, you could continue it, and at least it leaves their options open. Where if they do go, oh shit, people are really loving this, and we've kind of rounded off the Pike thing. Oh yeah, let's actually let's just continue it into the first series. Do you? Do you think the handover of the Enterprise will be one of the last things we see in Strange New Worlds? I think it's what they've planned, and I but I think it will be up for discussion if Strange New Worlds continues being a, a phenomenon. 
Yeah, I think I don't think we're if I was see... a producer, that's what I'd, I'd be like. OK, cool. I know he said X amount of seasons. However, it's making money. <laughs> I I don't think and hear, hear me out on this one. I don't think we're going to see Kirk a lot past this season. Mm. I think Kirk's here for a reason. I think he will then go off and do what he needs because he, he, he served aboard other ships. We all know that before the Enterprise. I think we'll see him in season two. That'll be it. I think they'll focus on something else. But I do think that this actor will make a return towards the end of the run of the show mm. and be uh, the Kirk that we know as captain and take over. Whether they continue and bleed it into the original series, I don't know. But my mm. my other theory is because the other slightly pointless argument is the design of the current Enterprise. But ships change. This is a 20-year-old ship at the moment. Designs yeah. change. Things change. Techno we saw it in the motion picture. There is nothing, and I mean nothing, stopping them from going well, we're going to refit the ship and it's going to look like the original series at the end. It's already yeah. shown in Picard that that is, it's it's the prime universe, that's the design it goes into. So, yeah. because in season one of Picard, you had this design of Enterprise and then in season three, you had like the original design. Yeah. So I think that when it gets to the Kirk era, you will have a handover the ship looking like how it looked in the original series, and then some sort of goddamn riding off into the sunset, playing <laughs> the original series theme. Yeah. And then they'll say, there you go, that's Pike's journey, that's Pike's chapter. Now, if you, if you are mad enough to watch 900, 1,000 plus episodes, this slots in perfectly to the original series and continues. That's yeah. that's how I think it's going to play out. But I, I, for the time being, I am just enjoying the hell out of Strange New Worlds. I did last year, and this again, it's a breath of. I loved Picard. Picard was dark, mm. but it, it it was bloody brilliant. But Strange New Worlds is the sunshine, optimism, breath of fresh air that Star Trek represents, and what people hold dear. Yeah, I, I think it's it's the fact of it deals with horrendous situations and they get into danger, but then the way that they react to it is very positive and the way that they are as a crew is very together. It's not like gritty action sequence where everyone's just like, mm, I don't trust you, I don't trust you, we've got to work together, uh, you know, I've got secrets. It's, you know, it's not like that. It's basically a crew that literally, like, like the jokes in this episode where basically... We didn't talk about it, but basically when they they joke where basically when Spock finally sits in the captain's chair and uh, Ortega is just like going, uh, oh, you need to say your thing. And he's like, what? And he's just like, oh, well, when when uh, when Pike tells us to move, he says, like, you know, hit it, you know, and and obviously we have this. We have this with captains where Picard was obviously engaged. Uh, what was did Cisco have one? He's probably. Uh, I think he just said engage. Yeah, I, I can't remember what Cisco's one was, but then obviously they make a joke of it in season three of Picard about what is 
uh, Seven of Nines one going to be? And then it cuts just before we hear it. And uh, and it just, it's a thing for captains. And it kind of, I don't know, it plays with expectation. And then obviously, what, what's the one he comes out with? He's like, I would like this ship to move now. He says, <laughs> I, I will tell you exactly what he says. Because I've actually it's got it. Brilliant. So it builds yeah, up the tension. Captain, Captain Quinn pointing out that Otega was like, "I'm workshopping Vamoose." Vamoose. Uh, so Spock says, "I would like to ship. I would like the ship to go now." But then I, I sat there and I, I, I uh, the the act the actor who plays uh, Ortegas, who's she's a wonderful person. She put on Twitter, "What would yours be?" And I sat there and I was like, "Cause I, I thought hitch up your tits." And and pop the clutch, <laughs> but then I thought no, because that, that's going to wear thin. So I just thought. So I sat down. I was like, "Well, I'm a car guy, so drop a cog and let them see tail lights." <laughs> and I just thought, "Yeah, I, drop a cog." They they were a bit too long. I my one would literally just be a goose noise honk. Yeah, honk. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. That's <laughs> it. General Order 102, Section 4. We are relieving you of command. <laughs> How did you even get into command? And I'm like, ha-ha! Ah. No universe the noise strikes again! I'm just a, I'm an amalgamation of geese in a yes. fleshy... Oh, fly. In a fleshy suit. <laughs> in a fleshy suit. But um, no, It should be like, get Gannon! <laughs> oh, Captain Quinn. Uh, Captain Quinn is used. Let's get the wellies on. Gan canny helm. <laughs> Hoss on, Adam Bailey. Hoss on. Old <laughs> captain of the Patagonia. Uh, Star- uh, Starfleet needs more Geordies. That's all I'm going to say. I, I think I quite like the idea of Gary the Ferengi, but then someone's pointing out that he'd be Gazza the Ferengi. Yeah, that's why I'm doing it. And he's just like Gazza the Gazza the Ferengi. Photoshop him in a Newcastle in a Newcastle shirt with a Can... bucket of chicken and a fishing rod. Do Can it. Can you imagine? Yeah, just oh. Just... Him turning up in every awkward situation when there's a battle going on. He's like, KFC. I a fishing rod and some KFC. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's too late, Gaza. He's already dead. <laughs> I'll have his latinum. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean, overall, love the episode. Great intro to season two. Uh, what are you laughing at? Just set a course for Hiam. Set a course for Hiam. In the chat. <laughs> Phonetically spelled. Sorry, we've gone way over what... Oh, God, can you imagine anyone who doesn't know about Geordie stuff listening to this just being like, I, I didn't understand any of that episode. It was all just inane rambling. I will explain the finest interest, interest, intricacies of You're not get, filling design. me with hope the fact yeah. that you're struggling with the first bit. In- I will... Intracacies. Mm. Take two. I will supply the most intricate details of Starfleet design. However, Geordie, you're on your own. And not the Geordie (laughs) you're thinking of. Real Geordie. Because if we had a Geordie Geordie, that ship would have never left space stock. I I like the idea it just cuts to like Hoshi being like, nope, nope, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What's the Universal Translator saying? WTF. It switched itself off. <laughs> Do what they do in Castle and get a translator. Where someone's just like, oh, fickle a fit here. Oh, why I? Yeah, no. Never mind. Oh, why I, pet? Oh, why I? Oh, I'm so charmingly befuddled. God, that was awful. So the, the, the whole Castle thing was just, oh, okay. Can we, can we just get one last uh, shout out to the team behind Strange New Worlds for the mm. touching message uh, in tribute of Nichelle Nichols? Yeah. Hailing frequencies forever open. 
Oh, got me that. It's this thing of just like she was, you know, it's that crazy thing. Like, obviously, you know, like Whoopi Goldberg, like, you know, just mentioning that she got into Trek because of Nichelle Nichols, because like it went, hey, a black person in this world, in this universe, in this yeah. like fantasy at the time, a black person can be this. And that's what you need. That's what you need representation. You, like, and that's what we were saying earlier. You don't need, you don't need to be like, oh, look, look, they're gay and we're making a big deal out of them being gay. Just going, no, I just need to know that they're gay and I need to see them doing badass shit. And rather than the whole thing being like that. And it's Nichelle Nichols, man. Just Star yeah. Trek. Star Trek. And is... she could sing. I didn't realise until yeah. I watched the original show how many times they're like, oh, go on, Ahura, sing a song. She was going and to you're leave. Like, you're really good. <laughs> she was going to leave to pursue a musical career. And um, Martin Luther King Jr. Mm. implored her to stay on because of the representation that she brought. But on a whole, Star Trek is full of role models for people what are you laughing at no 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 i'm i'm not looking at the chat anymore the chat has been fire this whole time but they're, we, they're we, saying we read more out, we, things yeah. and i want to read them all out we will read you we'll read them out about, yeah we'll read them out after we've got after we've got the serious part done we'll read them out but star trek has always been one for as when i was young obviously i was geeky looking i had jam jar glasses i had a mop head i was ginger i had every nerdy poor gimmick that you could find star the trek time was... before the tips the time before the tips yes <laughs> time 1990... before the tips. 1996 pt pre-tips the <laughs> but it was all like i found role models within star trek and a lot of people did find them as well, and it, it's 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 lovely that that they get the recognition, and it's it's lovely that the fans, like real life astronauts and stuff like that, are like yes, because Nichelle Nichols, because of uh, Jodie LaForge, because of Patrick Stewart, because of Jonathan Frick, these people. I mean, for me, I wanted like my goal in life was to be on star trek or be part of star trek because these people like inspired me and like it just yeah mm. I, I just wanted to be part of that world and i i am technically we are technically because we are in this wonderful trek family of podcasters and very famous you people get fucking mark cartier on the podcast and now you're like we're part of trek i was actually going to say uh sean as well yeah because be sean hands down sean if, if guys have never seen our interview with, with Sean Ferrick, go watch it. He is... He has got the biggest I-don't-give-a-fuck attitude out there in Star Trek. And I love... I love him for it. Because he's like, yes, it is an LGBTQ company. Uh, uh, oh, not company. Um... I can't get my words out. There are LGBTQ. Are you going with it? So there I'm are. There are and I'm like, nope, no, no idea. There are LGBTQ people in the world. Get used to it. They are not going anywhere. They are not hurting you. They are not affecting you. Let people be who they want to be. And if anyone embodies the very philosophy and values that Star Trek represents, it's people like Sean. It's people like. 
uh, it's people like Mark, it's people like God, Joe, you, me, it's we. Anyone who's not a dick, basically. Anyone who is not the... a dick. And I will say this every week. If you are racist, a bigot, homophobic, anti-trans, and you are a Trekkie, check yourself into the nearest mental hospital immediately. <laughs> because You're you not allowed are to call not... the mental hospitals now. It's pronounced Peter Lee. Check yourself in to Peter... Peter Lee! Peter immediately. Lee. No, Sorry. Back into accents. <laughs> Sorry. My friend Amber is from Peter Lee. I humbly apologise. And Donna is probably going to murder me after this podcast. Anyway. But check yourself in. Because you are not right in the head. You don't deserve Star Trek. You don't deserve to watch it. You don't deserve anything that Star Trek has given the world. I, th I, think, I think it's harsh to say they don't deserve it. Because everyone should be open to, like you know, enjoy stuff. But I think it's the idea of there's so much more you could learn from Trek if you're not getting it yet. You know, it's the, this idea of going, okay, you could enjoy this on so many more levels if you, like, if you're not seeing the whole, hey, Frankie, you're a criticism of capitalism. Hey, you know, like, uh, you know, this is a representation of racism. Hey, this is a representation of sexuality and, you know, and persecution. And the people who are watching that being like, no, don't don't get what that's a parable for at all. And you're just like, okay, you are missing out a lot on this story. <laughs> you, I think it's a thing. If anything, sympathy over hatred. <laughs> you know, like I don't hate anyone. I don't go, hey, you bastard with your like bigoted ways and stuff like that. I'm just like, what a shit life you must have, mate. Allow us, <laughs> you know, it's literally allow us to hold your head underneath <laughs> the putrescent waters of knowledge. The putrescent waters of knowledge. It tastes like gin. You Lovely. Need, you need to learn from Star Trek. Not watch Star Trek. Learn from Star Trek. Because Star Trek symbolises the very best that humanity can be and gives everyone hope. And wind your cheds in. That too. <laughs> guys. Guys. <laughs> Let's read before we end this episode. Oh God! Let's There's been read. so many of them. People, the, the nerdy up north has pointed out just how easy it is to distract me, and I really, it's yeah, it's. But everyone, oh God! Captain Captain Quinn. So Captain Quinn says, reset the hypo spanner and reverse the polarity. <laughs> yeah, I mean, have you heard of these rules of acquisition, like? <laughs> Where's the other one? Oh, I've seen Sarah Peaches. What? Try Peaches there. Oh yeah, I'm a... Oh man! Oh no, I can't do it. Oh man, I didn't know why the warp drive is going down. It's going down! It's a bit Scottish. You do that one, you'll be better with that one. Oh man, I didn't know why the warp drive's gone down. <laughs> Have you tried control? I'll delete! <laughs> so... <laughs> what was it, Captain Quinn? <laughs> what? What What was that one? Uh, What? What? Jordu, the engineer? I can't. I'm, I'm yeah. having a stroke reading. Uh, Adam Bailey. How do we, man? The warp cord is knackered. Given now what's going on, like, I'll have to have a deeks. I can't pronounce this at all. Break out the hands <laughs> manual. Right. Oh, I love that. Should we show Star <laughs> Trek to Tories? Yes. 
pinning their eyes open with matchsticks, ch- chained to a chair like Clockwork Orange. I, I just love the fact that they'd probably watch it and they'd be like, that Quark's got the right idea. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they'd just probably be like, would... never mind, how we co- wasted our time. How could we privatise oxygen? Um, <laughs> but no, uh, <laughs> have you... T- what was that? Have you tried using a warp core hammer? No, because health and safety would have a fit. Right. I think it's time. Yeah, we should round this up. We're, I think we're round this up. At, uh, a full two hours. Are we? So, oh, dear. Guys. Thank you so much, everyone who has tuned into this. Uh, and I can't believe we've got some mad bastards who have listened to us for two hours. <laughs> we, love, we love you all. We always do. Guys, this has been... Uh, Oh, should we go? It's Star Trekking, trekking up north. It's all the same thing. I this... don't know. We've got stickers now, so it's whatever. Yes, on we've them. got stickers. The stickers this, this stickers been... are the closest to like canon we have. This this has been whatever the fuck I want to call it. This has been trekking up north. <clears throat> this has been our review of the first episode of Strange New Worlds. Thank you so so much to everyone who has joined in on the live chat. Thank you to Christopher, Captain Quinn, Beth, Adam, Mark. Uh, who am I missing? Lee. Lee's here somewhere. I've seen Lee. Joe, the wonderful Joe. Joe's been sending me messages. I'm kind of worried when Joe sends me messages because I'm probably doing something wrong. Are um, they nudes? Uh, yes, I hope they are. Good. In just a uniform. Um, the <laughs> <laughs> Don't play this back, Joe. <laughs> Thank you um, to my wonderful co-host, Mirror Universe Sinoids, who we are going to be shoving through the transporter so we can recover Science Officer Sinoids. Um, They're called makeup wipes. They are called. Shh, shh, don't tell them how the sausage is made. Down in the links below, you will see everything you need to follow Nerdy Up North on all of our platforms. We have a fantastic Facebook community of over 8,000 followers. We've got a Facebook page. We have got a Twitch, which I, uh, which I play, Jake play, and Paul occasionally plays. If he's not mad. And I don't. <laughs> we have a... Well, I'll get to you in a minute. We have a Twitter, which me and Paul run. We also have a very swanky Discord that Lee, our wonderful top fan Lee, runs and organises. Bless him. How he is not... Uh, Goodwill is cancelled. I am never cancelled. <laughs> which, uh, which Lee runs, and it's wonderful. It's free of charge to join... Come and join us in the Discord and say hello. We are a lovely bunch of degenerates in there. <laughs> <laughs> we also have me on Twitter, at None. If you want to follow Cyanoise on Twitch, the link is down there below. We've yep. got links to the Velvet Snatch and the Girl podcast. If you really enjoyed the cover of Star Trek Voyager, I have got the link to Adam's uh, socials, I believe in there he is a tremendous musician i highly recommend you check out everything he has done a wonderful tall mountain of a bearded man that would give anson mount me a run for his money i climb him the i climb him like the uh the jungle gyms from code of honor that's Ooh. <laughs> yes <laughs> i managed to make it creepy and relevant the um... jungle <laughs> Adam the Jungle Jim. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, no, um, after this, I'm going to be probably in about half an hour, if you're still around, I'm going to be streaming on Twitch. Uh, we're going to be playing more Final Fantasy VIII yes. while I've got this. I'm going to be ordering pizza again, because <gasps> maybe that's a thing, and what I type? kind of forgot to eat today. What pizza? Uh, I don't know. Meaty oh. or something? You know that thing where... You- 
do you who in the chat has this where basically you go oh i'm going to order something different because i order, always order the same thing and then as soon as the menu's in front of you you're like it's I'll the same thing yeah, and i'm really so... bad for it yeah but yeah um i'll probably be doing that because that's easier and i probably won't get a chance to cook tonight but no thank you everyone who's been in the chat it's been absolutely lovely and obviously nerdy up north is pointing out that i will be back on Sunday uh, at seven, we were going. To, we were going to get Labyrinth. to that. Yes. Oh, this, we were going to get to that. Yes. yes. This Sunday on the. I watched ne- it. I've got to watch it on like Sunday daytime. Be Bulge, like, yeah, I remember this. Bulge yeah. and puppets. This Sunday, uh, Nerdy Up North will be discussing all things Labyrinth with the wonderful Sinoise, the wonderful Paul, and the rather delectable Sammy, with her <laughs> BBC voice, because she's been on the BBC, don't you know? BBC is British Broadcasting Company, isn't it? No, it is. It's isn't. not the one I'm thinking of. Oh, it's exactly what you think of. Oh, so, daddy. <laughs> oh, daddy. So, <laughs> we will be doing Labyrinth on Sunday, 7.30 UK time. On Monday, there will be a brand new episode of Monsters Up North. So be sure you check all of our socials for all the promos going forward. Until then, and until next week, I have been your host, Captain Goodwill. This has been Mirror Universe Sinoise. <laughs> Live long Fuck and prosper. <laughs> Live long and prosper. Take care of yourselves. Look after each other. Be kind. Don't be a dick. And we will see you next week. Bye. Get a haircut and a proper job. Miles? Miles? <laughs>